We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. So I'm going to give us a quick introduction as to who you guys are before we get stuck in. Just name or any details? Name. <laughs> let's go name and ethnicity. Because okay. we talking about race. So. Yes. Hello, um, I'm Abby and I am white. Great. <laughs> that's great, that's great, that's great. There we go. It's all good. Hi, I'm Renee. I'm, um, I'll, give, I'll give more. I'll be extra. Well, you're uh, more. No, it's okay. That's no, fine. No, no, that's fine. That's what you asked for. I'll be extra. Okay. I said I'll be okay. extra. So I'm second generation Jamaican British. So my grandparents were part of the Windrush generation and came over in the like 50s, I think. Nice. Nice. Um, my name's Hope and I am black British. No, am I? Yes, African. I am black British African. I came here when I was five. I'm Zimbabwean. I'm also Rwandan, but I've been here like for a long time, so I'm British now as well. Um, but yeah, that's me. That's my oh, ethnicity. Oh, and I'm Michael. I'm Nigerian. I was born here. I kind of call myself, I'm 100% English, 100% Nigerian, a bit of both, the best of both worlds. <laughs> um, so I, I just wanted to say something before we start. Um, that's that this panel isn't representative of every single race, culture and experience that we have here at Open Heaven. Um, there's so many people from different races and cults that, that, that we could have had sitting sit with us today. But um, yeah, we have these guys who share their experience and perspective of you guys. I know that God's gonna use them to communicate some really important things, some really real, real things for you guys. Um, so do engage, do listen. Don't just make this like a spectator thing, like we're not watching Spider-Man, we're hearing something that's really important. So do engage as you listen to what's going on um, and do reflect on the words that's being said. Um, so I'm going to go straight, straight to scripture, because that is what... Can I, can I just, with, like, oh. add in something really sure. super quick? It's okay, it's yeah. fine. So, um, just before, like, whilst we were praying, um, I got a picture of, like, the room being full of sand, and, like, as people were, like, walking in, they were a bit scared to, like, touch sand, because they were like, ugh, it's, like, a bit dirty, or, like, a bit messy. But basically, um, like, the sand's not, like, the sand was kind of like, um, I felt God saying that the sand is, like, what going to be shared today like what's going to be touched and like and as we share and like as we speak it's going to like kind of ruffle like some stuff in us um but we shouldn't be afraid to like touch the sand because it's not going to like stick on us and like i don't know like make us feel like weird or anything but it's the sand isn't real basically um but rather like god's got so much that he wants to like transform in us and like you know shape us through and so yeah just like an invi an invitation to like come go all in um don't like kind of just like switch off or yeah just go go all in can i you might as well sorry. it's I'm okay sorry. it's okay we'll get to scripture <laughs> <laughs> um as well as when we when we were praying before this i was kind of saying we we don't want this to be a space of like guilt and shame because that's not like what god calls us he convicts us and he, the Holy Spirit is like working in us and he challenges us on stuff, but it's not a place of shame, it's a place of grace. And I think we'll probably speak quite candidly because I think we're one family and, and we, wanna, we wanna do that, we wanna be honest, we wanna be vulnerable, but it's not a space that is like, we don't want anyone to leave here and be like, I'm such a bad person, um, but actually be convicted of like, okay, I'm a sinful broken being as we all are and just recognizing the brokenness in humanity um, and that convicting us to change and transformation. So that's, yeah. I wish I had something to add, but I don't. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> so I feel like I'm... <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. Um, so I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 2. 
Um, the subtitle is Jew and Gentile Reconciled Through Christ, verses 11 to 19. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the, the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at the time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners, the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as his chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in, in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. And that's our prayer, guys. <laughs> that is our prayer for our church. Um, so we're going to get into the questions now. Um, the first one here is, how does the kingdom of heaven speak to racial justice here and now? You can refer to David's talk if you like. But over to you guys. Any of you start? Well, I can, I can start. We can start on my end. Um, yeah, so how does the kingdom of God speak to racial justice? Um, I feel like something that David shared last week, um, which kind of encapsulated it, really well and like has stuck with me was that um, if the gospel doesn't confer dignity to the bodies of black and brown people then it's not the gospel that Jesus died for um, I think like for me that's that's what it looks like um, and yeah if we're not if the gospel doesn't encapsulate and bring dignity to all people then it's not what Jesus was preaching um, and we have to like really challenge ourselves to kind of ask why that's not the case and you know yeah this is gonna this is gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be painful. I, I think it in my, in my well in my opinion well I think it's fact mm. uh, <laughs> truth is you you don't have the kingdom of heaven without racial justice like you, you it doesn't exist so like if we're and and when you from scripture is when we're looking at, you know, Revelation 7, 9, and it's saying, you know, I looked up and I saw, um, I looked up and there before me was a great multi multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, people, and language. And I think over the last two years, you've probably heard that verse a lot. But what it's saying is like the, the kingdom of, he the kingdom of heaven is, is a space, a place where Christ is at the center and where Christ is at the center, all people from every nation are united and like united in, in, in every sense. And so like I was watching, um, there is a link. I was watching a Netflix documentary yesterday about a particular clothing brand. It's very good, I'll talk about it later. Um, and at the end of Netflix documentaries, they've always got a thing where it's like, hope didn't comment or something, something, something. And there was a line and it said, um, a place of belonging not fitting in and like, I was like that's like well not for that when I was thinking, of, thinking oh. about it I was like that's really 
I was like, I think that's the kingdom of heaven. It's a place where people can belong and not have to like shift who you are. And where Michael said he's 100% Nigerian, 100% British, I'm 100% Jamaican, 100% British, but when I'm in Loughborough, I'm 100% British, probably 50% Jamaican. And the, that Jamaican side is only around certain people. And so that's like, I'm not fully belonging in my space and place, I'm fitting in most of the time. And so I think the kingdom of heaven is a place of belonging and not just fitting in. Amen, amen. I feel like hearing you say that you can only be like 50% Jamaican, um, that personally infuriates me because I just get angry very quickly about stuff like that. But um, it makes me think a lot about how I think the kingdom of heaven is an honest place and a place where we're called to actually speak up. Um, and it says that in Proverbs, like, speak up and judge, something like that. Um, and I think talking to the white people, I think it's time to speak up a bit more. Um, I know that I also need to do it, but, yeah, I just think the kingdom of heaven is where we would protect and be loyal to those around us as well, and part of that is speaking up. So, yeah. Wow. Amen. Nice. I hope don't add. No, no. Okay, great. I, I was just ad-libbing, like, yeah. I was like, preach it. Yeah, on, yeah. Nice. No, for real. Check, 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 check. Yeah, one for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, it's on to you so good. Um, so, yeah, I guess the next thing we want to touch on is we want to bring it to us, us at Open Heaven. Um, so, I guess, as members of OH, how, how do you see racial justice being present and not present in, in, our, in our community here? How do you see that? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is the lunch we had last week with David. There was a big group of us at Joan, which Shari organized. Um, and it was big just, up. it was a group that you wouldn't naturally just come together. Like, we weren't all kind of friends by nature, but we came together because we all have, a, you know, this topic has a place in our heart. Um, and it was such a blend of people, visually, but also just, like, ages and, like, backgrounds. Um, and yeah, I just thought that was amazing. But at the same time, I feel like there is a collective group of people that we know are passionate about this topic at Open Heaven, which says to me that like, there needs to be a bit more of it kind of amongst us all, because I could say instantly, like a group who are really kind of on fire for this, but it shouldn't just be a group, it should be all of us. So yeah, that's kind of like the good of it, but also I feel like that shows a challenge to a lot of us that we need to, you know, yeah, be a bit more. Yeah, I think it's a good challenge. I, I think thinking about Open Heaven, OH1, if we're talking really specific, is I, I don't believe it is a racist, it's not a racist church. Um, I've never experienced racism in our community. I wouldn't um, be here if it was a racist yeah, church. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's good. I, I, and, and I think it's been encouraging the last you know, two years, especially since George Floyd's murder, where it's been a topic of conversation and where we've addressed, we've spoken about it and, and we've, um, we've challenged what we do. And, and that's really encouraging because that's not happening everywhere. Um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for our vulnerability as a church community. I'm grateful for the fact that we're, we're, we're okay with saying we, we got it wrong um, and recognizing that. I think where I've been reflecting over the last couple of years, and, and I think where areas where we might need a challenge as a church is, I think in certain areas is we can be a bit culturally blind. Um, 
I think we're, like, we're really good at being disciples. We're really good at making disciples who establish heaven on earth, but we're really good at it in a really British, traditional way. So we're good at welcoming people with tea and biscuits. Why can't sometimes we have a bit of bun and cheese, you know? <laughs> and I'm being, I'm being a little bit, you know, anyway, I'm not, we're not gonna have bun and cheese, but you, you get my gist. Um, we, we, Can we you could. explain what bun and cheese is? Bun and cheese is yeah, the sorry. Yeah, 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 that's it. Well, some people know. But. <laughs> sorry, bun and cheese. I can see Bria smiling. So, um, bun and cheese is like a. It's a Jamaican bread cake thing. But no, bun is not the cheese. The cheese is cheese. Um, <laughs> the bun. The bun is like a Jamaican cake thing. You have it. You usually have it at like Easter. It's, it's brilliant. Anywho, I want some. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's like, I think, yeah, so like welcome, how we do, like mission, um, in terms of like, uh, as an example, is we're, we're really good at club mission, as an example, serving our students on a white, uh, night, white out, night out, and it's, it's brilliant, right? But how are we reaching people that, that don't go to the union? Mm -hmm. And where club mission used to be upstairs in the past, if, as a black Brit, I like R&B, hip-hop music, I'm never going to venture upstairs. Like, I, I did because of the circles that I was in, but it really impacts the way that we do mission. And, and when we look to the Bible and we look to Jesus, Jesus was, you know, he, <laughs> he was God, but he, he, he understood the culture of his day. He understood the differences. He was a Jew and he was recognized as a Jew. If we look at the story of this Samaritan woman in, in, in John 4, he, he, asks, he, he knows that it's culturally not great to ask this woman for, for some water, and she responds with, you are a Jew and I'm a, a Samaritan woman. So, th th like, he was very aware of it, and therefore when he was communicating with different people, his, his, the way he, he shared who he was was different at times. Um, and I think we can do better at recognizing and understanding different cultures. That's strong. Um, I think building on that, um, I think like potentially just like maybe distance that, I don't know, like put a bookend-ish. Um, there's like the comfort zone and as a church I think oftentimes we have our comfort zones um, and yeah, like David mentioned it like last week as well, but we need to, like we're not very good at kind of extending ourselves beyond that of like learning about other people's, like um, about other people's differences, about other people's cultures um, in order to connect with them. Um, so just thinking in terms of discipleship, for example, like, um, like I, do, I don't think you can fully disciple someone if you don't also take into account like their full selves and that also like kind of like, I don't know, just, just understanding like someone in their fullest form as like a woman or a, a man, but like also like their ethnicity as well as that. Um, or like even just like having an understanding of like the, the racial um, kind of context in which they're experiencing the world. So for example, I recently had a chat with someone and they just asked me like a really good question of like, um, as a black woman, how are you, how are you kind of experiencing those spaces? And like, it was, it was from that place I was able to kind of, you know, just be able to process and and like ask Jesus to 
like speak into that and bring clarity. But if like they hadn't actually asked that question, like I would still be kind of going around in circles thinking like, why the heck am I feeling like this? And da -da -da -da. and I just feel like there's an opportunity in how um, how we kind of like I don't know, just walk with people and even in prayer, like if, like how how many times like I don't know, like going to pray for someone or asking for prayer, like is a really vulnerable thing. Um, but like, I think potentially just like, I don't know, like how, if, if, how many times like, considering like who, who we're always like often drawn to pray for as well, like um, also being open to, I don't know, just going to pray for someone we don't know or um, just randomly turning around and like, seeing a face that we don't know and yeah I don't know I, I've, I don't know if that makes sense or makes 100% sense I, I think that question of, of as a as a black woman or as a black person how do you experience spaces and I think if we're talking kind of white white spaces um, and it's a really good question because I think it's it's so hard to explain, but it's, you, you notice it. So for me, I was, when I was preparing for this, I was thinking a bit about Weekend Away. And so I've been to, what, I think four Weekend Aways or something like that, and I've, I've always found them really hard. Like, really, really hard. Um, and it was only this, this Weekend Away that's just gone that I was like, I, I, I think I find it hard because I'm like, I'm like one of five people, black people here, and this is my church family, right? I've been a part of this church community for five years. I feel seen, I feel known. But there's still an element where I'm like, I can count how many of us there, I could probably name them if I think back. And so when it goes to things of like, I wanna, I wanna confess my sins or I want someone to pray for me, I can and I will go to someone who's not black, for example, but it, sometimes you just, you want a safe space and it is incredibly dr like draining to, consistently operate and live in those spaces. And, and, and obviously I think we'll all feel that because we are called to be in the world and not of the world. And so we, we've, we're always gonna feel discomfort in this world. Um, and so you'll probably all know, have a similar feeling, especially as Christians, when you walk into non-Christian spaces, it's an uncomfortable, like you're so aware of what you say and what you do. Add another layer to that and be like, oh, I'm a black woman. I'm a black Christian woman in white, town i work in a white majority job and i go to a white majority church and it's a church i love but it's it's a it's another layer yeah yeah and i think like um yeah when you factor in it like i don't know i think it's the thing of equity like oftentimes you think we're all equal but like different people are kind of operating at different levels on different things and in different spaces. And so you've got like extra hurdles to like overcome, like even just, I don't know, just seeking out, like it, 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 sometimes it's just also in, in and of yourselves, like as in like, I know in myself, I overthink like <laughs> big time, but like I know also that something that might be sec like just literally someone else might not bat an eyelid at and just go and do there's a lot of things that run through my mind before i then go and do it and so i think just like yeah like in, in 
yeah, just an understanding that it makes a massive impact on an individual's experience. And then if you're not seeking to understand how that impacts that individual, then you're missing out on so much of what kind of like, not makes them them, but like what, um, what how, they, how they walk through life. Um, so yeah, I think, and then that then leads to kind of a sense of like, um, for some people, just not feeling understood and known. And that's a real, like, that's a real struggle to feel like being a community such as ours, which is like amazing, but not feeling like you're like fully like known and, and not under, like not knowing how to kind of fix that. Cause it's not a case of like just going to church more often. It's not a case of like going to more like stuff. It's, I don't know, it's, but equally, yeah. I don't know if I'm just blabbering. Yeah. Can I add something really quickly? Um, it's a bit off topic, but still. Um, I think something I've noticed um, like at Open Heaven, and it's not just Open Heaven, I think it's our generation. We tend to just follow, a bit like sheep, followers. Um, and if something's big or it's trendy, we'll follow it. So perfect example, like after the tragic incident of George Floyd, obviously, um, Black Lives Matter became almost trendy. And I remember at the time thinking, this doesn't feel right. But you, there was this specific Instagram story that was just being shared everywhere. Like you just scroll through and it's the same thing. And obviously it's amazing, like, you know, things are being recognized and it was growing. But I did think, like, I wonder how many of these people are actually taking time to, as Christians, pray, um, but actually educate ourselves, have conversations, reach out to those we know that would be affected by that. Um, and I think it's a dangerous place to be a sheep. I think we should be shepherds, um, especially as Christians. I think that's what we're called to do, called to obviously set culture. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I don't really have an end to that, but, and I just think often I notice that culture here and I think we need to try and lead a bit more because we have so many leaders here, like we all have our leadership strengths, so yeah. I think as what you're saying there as well rings to the fact of like how we do relationships well mm. with people who are from different cultures to us um, and how we journey with people in and, in and through that. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I, again, I'm diverting as well. But I think in, in, our, in our churches, I think we have, uh, we like to be safe, like Hope was saying, and sometimes the relationships that we choose to pursue are those that are similar to us. And, it, and I challenge you to, at the end of church, maybe not today, but maybe for the next few weeks, look at who you gravitate to. Like, look at, look at where you feel comfortable. Um, I've, like, I've seen on way too many occasions, like, someone who's black, brown, you know, Asian, Caribbean, uh, African, come to our church and genuinely be looked at and not seen. And I've, like, I've stood back and watched. There was one occasion this year where... There was a black student um, who was new to our church, and there were people talking to the left of this person, people talking to the right of this person, in front and behind this person, and no one spoke to this person in the middle. And I just questioned, if, if this student was white British, would it be the same? Mm. And I, I don't know the answer to that. I could be making an assumption. But wh why is it, is, is there a discomfort in us that we're like, 
oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to say to this person. I'm kind of scared. I'm scared I'm not going to relate to this person, that we then just avoid it, and then that person's isolated mm. and is on the fringe of our amazing community. So I, I think just challenge. Challenge challenge who you make relationships with. Challenge why you make relationships with similar people, maybe. Um, and there aren't many you know, black and brown people in our church, and I'm an introvert, so <laughs> yeah. I, uh, maybe not today, don't maybe... <laughs> no, no, but on just what you said, I'm really glad you said that because my, what I was going to share was what you just shared because I think what you said a lot is about like not feeling known. I know, you, I know you might look at us and be like, I'm pretty sure I know almost everyone in this room and I'm pretty sure you will probably know, know me somewhere, probably similar for you guys as well, but I, I, as I same as what you just said, I've seen so, so many times where maybe someone from, a, like I said, an African background, an Asian background where they will come and not, I, don't, I think it's, it's easy to tell when someone doesn't feel at home. And seeing that always, because what it does for me sometimes is that I'm like, oh, okay, if, if, if I don't go speak to that person, who's going to speak to them? And it, that, that, that isn't what church is. It shouldn't, it shouldn't look like, oh, like if, if, if it's not me that does it, if Ren doesn't, if Hope doesn't do it, who's going to? Like that, that's, I, I think that's really sad. Um, and I'm, I'm blessed that, I guess, I know when I first came in the first year, I was super loud, I was super extroverted. Like, if you didn't know me, I would have made sure you knew me anyway. But there are a lot of people that aren't like that. Like, imagine if, like, Ren was new to church with her introvert energy and, like, she just came, she sat at the back. And I've seen so many times where there's a lot of people that they're the last ones to come and the first ones to leave. But why? Like, it's not that they don't want to talk. It's not that they don't want to... Um, engage what they're doing, but actually, maybe, maybe in their heart, they think maybe it's probably easier. Let me just arrive late and just go straight away so that there's not that I won't feel like I'm not being spoken to. Like, so, so many times, like, you, you probably know, if you really think about it, you definitely would have seen, like, the, if there's group people that come last, if there's group people that leave first, more often than not, they're not white, but why? Like, why is that? That, that shouldn't, that isn't, and I, like I said, I know everyone here, like, we, we, we love people so, so, so much. So, like, I think, as, as what you just said, like, next of the next few weeks maybe just think like okay where am i going like who's on their own and i don't know i feel like just that small act of like someone's on their own go and speak to them that honestly would do so like so 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 much um so i guess based on what we've just spoken about what do you think it would look like for us as church to um i guess live in like that kingdom community of like different cultures what would it look like for us as oh to do that and i guess what steps can we take to do that as well? I'll, I'll go first on this one. <laughs> um, I, I think it goes back to what David said. Um, the first thing is getting alone, um, getting alone with God, and actually, like, moving from blindness to sight. And I'm not talking sight in the sense of, like, oh, you become woke and, like, aware of the issues, but actually, like, aware of the... the the, like the kingdom of heaven, like and actually praying for it to, to come. And, and in the story that um, in Acts where David went through about Peter last week, is where Peter says in, in Acts 10, like, I now realize that God doesn't show favoritism and that he kind of, his, his like, I can't remember the word, in mercy or something is for, you know, every nation. Um, but it's, I now realize, like, it, it's, it's not the sense that it, it changed. It was always like that. The, the gospel is radically inclusive and, and just. Um, but it was Peter that had to realize it. And so I think getting alone with God and praying and asking questions and challenging yourself, putting yourself in different situations and different spaces, 
um, to, yeah, just really, really see it. Moving, moving from blindness to sight, I think. I think a bit about, like, um, maybe it's time to make commitments to people. So, for example, like, when I became friends with Renee, this is a great example, because um, I was 17, and I'd grown up in Croydon, so I was used to kind of being in a diverse area, or hey. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't educated at all. And I remember, before we were properly friends, I said something that just was not appropriate at all. Um, but I didn't know that was the case, because I didn't know any different. But Renee didn't sort of even get angry, which is crazy. <laughs> Imagine if it was the other way around. I, I, did, I didn't show it. <laughs> yeah, internally raging. <laughs> Honestly, but like so much grace. And when we became friends, I made a commitment to Renee as a friend, and then part of that was being committed to the things that you go through. And I've learned so much just from journeying with Renee. And so I think that's testament to like, the fact that if you make a commitment to someone, make a commitment to their like, history and their story. And what you said of ask questions, like, we had a conversation the other week about like, tokenism and, you know, just, I don't know, ask the right questions and like, journey with people. And I think, I think in where you've made that commitment to me is, uh, and in our friendship is also is you've, you've learned from like my family, mm. which you've ne you, you may not have experienced yeah. before. And, and I mean, you date Brandon, yeah. so you're learning from like his experience and, and, and his family as well. And so it, it is like a whole, mm. yeah. 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 Awesome, yeah. Um, I think tying into all of that, um, so, like, um, in OH2, um, I got a picture of, like, God or Jesus kind of being our shepherd. Um, and I feel like it's, um, it's like, kind of apt for, the, like, OH1 in context as well, in that, like, we, as a, like, we're walking through this and we're kind of, like, yeah, there's been space made for us to walk through this. Um, but I feel like there's some people who might feel like they're like struggling behind a little bit, um, like kind of just like you know you know you, you know you're for it, but you're just like yeah like it's just not quite you know you haven't quite got it yet, um, and just to kind of like yeah the picture was that like our whole church is being shepherded by Jesus, the good shepherd, and he's taking us into like new pastures um, where there's gonna be like more fruit and more life. Um, and that he doesn't leave anyone behind. And so like, um, just to like, for us all to kind of push into that, like pushing out of our comfort zones, like seeking to, you know, like go beyond what we like know and what is comfortable and like go into like the more uncomfortable bits and like as I do, yeah so I'm just gonna get carry on but um in so I'm a te like I'm teacher um a geography teacher and um there's like a teaching theory called um the zone of proximal development um and I can see some teachers nodding wow. um <laughs> and so yeah it's like I kind of when when I heard the what um David said I was like that's basically the zone of proximal development. But like, you have your, so there's, the comfort zone is what you know, what you're comfortable with, what you're confident in. Um, but you need someone who's an expert, who's like 
um, like a knowledgeable other to help you to push into the proximal, the zone of proximal development, which will see you learn um, and see you push into like new like scope of like learning and knowledge. Um, and like the the more kind of guidance you have, the better like you're able to kind of move into like um, move from being like um, a novice at something to a expert. Um, but I just felt like Jesus is that expert. Like he is the Holy Spirit does that work in us in like coaching us along and like not nudging us and like putting a finger on things. And then like as we kind of just, as we seek him and we seek to understand and like allow him to speak to those parts of ourselves, to our perspectives, our attitudes towards people, our, our reluctance to do certain things, or even just like our discomfort in d discussing race, um, discussing like, you know, like, or engaging in conversation about like people's backgrounds or their, their like, just what makes them them. Um, if that's the thing that like we need Jesus to help us walk through, he is more than able to do that. Like he is not beyond him. And so, um, yeah, just like in terms of like the next step, it, it is that thing of like being on our own, allowing him to open our eyes and like convict us. But he's like walking alongside us as well, like the whole way through. Um, and that's not just, yeah, and yeah, that, that is it. <laughs> I mean, that's a huge it. But um, I think as well as it, like, it, drawing closer to like Jesus in that and, and understanding racial justice as God created it, not as, not as like society and like EDI trendy stuff has like made it out to be, but how like Jesus has like walked out and led and how it is outlaid in our Bible. It, it will like, it transforms our whole relationship with God and like how we see faith. Um, and even the way that we read the Bible, like I think sometimes we can read the Bible colorblind and, and, and miss it, but actually go back and, and look at where like race is in the Bible and looking at Acts and the leadership and how that was like deliberately diverse and looking at how Joseph was a Jew, but then ended up becoming, you know, like one of the most powerful people in, in Egypt after, like look at the cultural implications of that and just dive into scripture and draw closer to Jesus. And yeah. he's great. So yeah. And I feel also, last thing, um, I feel like also um, in and through that, God will like break our hearts for like what breaks mm -hmm. his. Um, and we'll be able to like, you know, carry out and like outwork his kingdom so much more effectively because we'll be in like our spaces of work and, you know, other places. And like, we'll be able to pick up on stuff that just isn't right. And like, as like for those who like, if you're white, you have so much power. Like what you like if you speak against something and say no, that's not right. That means that like people will listen. Whereas if I go and say something, I, I'm not that people won't listen, but it's more likely to be brushed off. And so I think understanding how much like how like that those power dynamics that you're able to kind of like lean on, because the thing is the world is as it is. Like it's not going to change. Well. Hopefully it will change, but like, if we're gonna see God's kingdom come, we need to like be, have soft hearts, open eyes, open ears, um, to how like to like outwork that. <laughs> <laughs>